We are all about helping you grow as smart business owners and thoughtful leaders. And so are our friends at Signature FD. Signature FD is a wealth management company that believes people shouldn't have to wait until retirement to enjoy the wealth they've worked so hard to earn. Using their unique trademarked process, Net Worth While, Signature FD helps clients integrate and activate their wealth in four key categories, grow, protect, give, and live helping their clients enjoy their wealth now while feeling secure about their future. You can go and take the first step by discovering your net worth while with their free quiz. You can find it at signaturefd.com forward slash my GPGL. That's signaturefd.com forward slash my GPGL. The link's in today's show notes. Now let's get back to our conversation. Welcome to System and Soul the podcast focused on the human energy that runs your business. I'm Chris White, along with my co-host, Benj Miller. All right, you guys ready? Here we go. Jake, drop that beat. Three, two, one. Hey, everybody. Welcome to System and Soul. We are uh, back here in the room. Benj Miller and our guest, Jonathan Reynolds, owner of Titus Talent. Jonathan, welcome back to System and Soul. It's good to be back with you guys. Hey, good we're, to be back. We're going to do something different today. Normally, we have our guests bring you know the top three things on their mind. But knowing that we were having a people strategist wizard, and we've talked a few times lately on the podcast, I wanted the opportunity to ask you about the top three things that I keep on hearing in the market that have to do with people's strategy. So here, here's the first one. And I literally just came back from a lunch where this came up and this, this guy runs a, you know, $34 million a year business. And he said his measure of success or like his m- number one metric right now is how many, uh, basically divisional managers he can raise up. So the way his business works, he he can replicate an entire division for growth, but he's limited based on these kind of unicorn people because they have to know his industry and be great leaders and managers. But he, he can grow as fast as he can either find or develop, which in his case, it's probably more of a develop. But he said, he, he brought the analogy back to, we used to live in a world where, if you had an idea, then you needed capital. Uh, And then there was a world where capital became abundant. And so the capital went looking for the ideas. Now we're in a world where there's lots of ideas and there's lots of capital, but people can't execute because we can't get operators of business that execute. So Jonathan, you've been in a season of high growth which means that you've got to be able to execute at a really high level. There now, now asterisks. I definitely believe in the saying, the the little uh, saying that revenue covers a multitude of sins. So uh, we'll assume that that's not true in your case because you've been you've been growing really rapidly over the last few years. But I've also seen I've I've seen your dashboards and stuff. So you are executing at a high level. So my question to you is what did that take to create a culture where people execute well? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't think, you know, 
you, you look behind the curtain, I think everybody's got their dirty laundry and things that they just wish that weren't there. And so it's nice to hear you say executing at a high level. And I want to be like, yes, that's right, we are. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, we're in the people business. And, um, uh, and we're, we're not 100% hitting every single time. And um, we're working really, really hard, all, all, all angles, to try and figure out what are the, the secret um, levers to pull to get the right people to do stuff um for our partners for our clients and that's really hard because you don't want to oversell somebody especially on our recruitment side of our business you don't want to oversell an opportunity somebody quits their great job makes a career move and they find out that the grass isn't green and we're in the, the we're the connector of all that saying it was so we have yeah, to play yeah. that game really carefully making sure that it really is um, because obviously when people make career moves they I'm assuming they believe that it's better for them. <laughs> um, they're not running away from something, they're running towards something. And so it's that really understanding what they're running toward. But what was the question again? Where did you, where, where does the strength of executing well come from? Right, okay. So this is, I would say the, the, the strength is first and foremost, defining what, what the win looks like. Uh, defining what, like, what are we actually going to celebrate? What's worthy of celebration? And actually being really, really clear and quantifiable about what's worthy of celebration um, and what's not. Like, what are, we, what are we actually, we're not even going to be giving Gen Z high fives on this one. We're not. It's not good enough. We're not going to give ribbons out for this stuff, even though it's just mediocre. Nope, we're not doing it. What's that? What does that look like? Where's that number where we'll give like encouraging high fives, but we know deep down it's not good enough? And where's the one we're actually going to celebrate and pull out all the stops? And I think being really, really clear on those things and making sure everybody knows both parties, those who are responsible to deliver that high level of execution and those who are responsible for coaching and developing them together. So I think we're, you know, it's really clear on who wins the Super Bowl, like after they've won. Like, that's what winning the Super Bowl looks like. You are above everybody else. But let's def- like, we don't do that in most, most employment opportunities and most career moves. We're not really clear on why we're hiring somebody. And we talked about this on the last one. You're like, if I'm going to pay you 100% of your salary, this is what I'm going to celebrate. And I think 100% should be celebrated. Uh, and we, well, that's one of the challenges. We have. we have something running at 165%. That's extreme. And then those who get 105% and they gave it their all, they're like, 10%. And we're like, well, you know, and we, a few years back, we got like pretty laid into from our team members going, hey, if I come in at 100%, that's 100%. Like, yeah, come on, yeah, like, celebrate yeah. me. And we're like, good point, actually. We shouldn't be celebrating the 150% people and not the 100% people. Um, they worked really hard to get there and their priorities of life were aligned. But I think just... One of the things is just flipping, define what success looks like, define what winning looks like, and then celebrate the crap out of it when you yeah, get yeah. there. You know, so is it, is it hands sh- off? Is it, is it define and then hands off? No, 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 no. I think it's very much hands on. I mean, people, you can't buy love. You can't just throw money. We talk about throwing money and stuff, but like people, 54% of people leaving companies because they just don't feel appreciated by their organization. Like, what? I don't feel appreciated. Like, 
You're like, well, didn't I give you a paycheck? You know, like, yes, you gave me a paycheck, but that wasn't what I meant by appreciation. Like, and the 52% saying, ah, it's actually a lack of recognition, you know, from my supervisor, my direct supervisor, just recognizing me and giving gratitude for a job well done. And that's even, even separating that from appreciation. Like, what does this mean? Like, we're trying to go, oh, don't leave me. I'll give you more money. Uh, it's actually not that they're not what they're asking i want to feel appreciated yeah. valued um recognized have a sense of belonging um but but we just have to be really clear on that we're not this isn't a social club that's where i think you i think all those things you just listed 100 true right for for decades of, of what that looks like i think that what i'm hearing from you is like the the baseline is that clarity clarity of role and like when you look at a standard you know look look at a hierarchical structure and you got a bunch of boxes and they're labeled with some sort of functional name and then they put a person's name in it like that's it that that's that's an org chart right i think what you're what you're hitting on is the difference is clarity because it's it's clarity of, of 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 what is your like if you're the head of operations, what's yeah. your what's your mission? Like what is as head of operations, what is your purpose? And yeah. then and then how would we measure excellence? Right? A couple, two, three KPIs that they drive. And then and then when you if you have this sort of description, like you were saying, that gives absolute clarity. Like, this is what the head of ops does. This is what success looks like. Here's how we measure it. Here are a couple things that, you know, these bullets that you focus on, these major roles. And I think I think it's the summation of all of that that gives that clarity. And that's the baseline, like you're saying. Like, here's the job. Here's what success looks like in this job. Here's how we're going to measure it. So that we can that we can stay on track and stay on the same page with expectations, and then here's a smattering of the most important things you need to focus on every day. Like, give me yes. that I can run all day. It's yeah, <laughs> so true. I think there there are too many org charts or whatever chart you want to call it. There's right. somebody's name on it with certain things they're responsible for, but we just don't take it to the step further and go, "Did you do a good job?" Though? Right on. Now, did you do a good job? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's even when you hire a salesperson. You know, you hire a salesperson, I'm assuming quota is involved. It's kind of like one of the most obvious ones where we give a quantifiable performance objective. And you go, okay, so for us, if we're recruiting or hiring for a client and we it's a sales role, accounting, whatever you want to call it, you know, and they go, okay, what's the quota there? And they say, a million dollars. I'm like, great. What's the number? Has anyone ever actually hit a million in their first year? Like, Oh no! I'm like, what the? Why are you expecting this person to? Right. And I'm like, what's the number that you would actually like? Listen, we would fire this person if they hit this number. I'm like, okay, so there's the there's the the, the baseline. They must do at least that. Okay, what does average look like, and what does outstanding look? Like? And let's let's really define and put some mile markers in here, so that the person coming in here knows what. What, where do they stand? Because we will love you according to your last success. I know we don't want to say that, but that's reality. Is we, I'm, high, I'm giving you some type of compensation for something in return. Let's just be, wouldn't it be amazing? The, you would use the word clarity. I think clarity is such an amazing word and description to 
bring that sense of peace, security, knowing where I stand, but yeah. we're still speaking the same language. Yeah. Too many people think that they're doing it awesome, and then the business owner's going, no, they're not that great. Hey, I want to interrupt today's conversation to ask you something. Do you ever feel like you're counting the days to retirement to really enjoy the money you are working so hard to earn? If this is you, I've got some friends I want to introduce you to. Signature FD. Signature FD is a different kind of wealth management company that's helping clients enjoy their wealth now while creating security for the future. They have a unique trademark process called Net Worth While, which helps clients integrate and activate their wealth in four key categories, grow, protect, give, and live. You can take the first step to discovering your net worthwhile with their free quiz. You can find it at signaturefd.com forward slash my GPGL. The link's also in today's show notes. Let's get back to our conversation. All right, guys, here's my number two. Because the talent economy is what it is. We have a heightened need for the people that we have to level up. And what I mean by level up is, is somewhat, you know, do a little better in the job they're in. Sure. But really our ability to take uh, a technician and put them into a manager position, take a manager, put them into a leadership position, team captain position, you know, for, for people that weren't, um, in, instead of going out into this crazy market, we can actually give our own people the opportunity, which is yeah. why, why they would leave most of the time is for some, you know, level up opportunity. What are the keys that we need to be cognizant of that can accelerate or make sure that people are ready to level up? Mm. Well, have a few thoughts on that. Um, so one is we have a business business plan or business model, business vision of where we want to be in the next 36 months. So if I if we were to hit those, and it's growth is a part of our DNA. So we're committed to growing, and growing in our model is not just bottom line. We actually have to increase headcount. You know, unfortunately, I can't get there by machinery, it's people. So because of that. I know that if we were to hit those goals, I know how many people we're going to need just purely kind of doers. Well, I'm not going to get there just by hiring a whole bunch of doers because I need people to lead them and manage them. But showing this desired future of the types of people and roles I will need in the future and actually being really clear and showing our team that, now I can actually inspire them and they can see the future yeah. a little bit. And they're like, all right. So you're going to need another one of those. and You need 20 directors in the next three years? Like, yeah. Guess where they're going to come from? And, and I said this to our company. I said, half of them are going to come from this group. The other half, we're going to have to hire them from outside the company. And I said, the reason is when we look around, we don't think we have all of them amongst our team. Because many of you are not ready yet. And so but they, we didn't tell them who they were. Yes. <laughs> like, well, am I in that half? You know, like, am I in the, the haves or the have nots? You know, like, I want to know. I'm like, okay, well, we, uh, we're going to try and get you there. Uh, we're good. But, and here are what the skills look like to, at this level. And here are what the skills should be like at your level. That gap, we want to train and develop you to get there. 
And this stuff gets people excited because the art of recruiting and stealing people away from companies is a bigger and better opportunity. It shouldn't be more money. So it should be, I'm leaving for growth and development, which my current company is not providing. Or my current company company can see it, but they're not telling me. Yeah. Um, And I think there's another gap there. We don't tell people because we don't want to prematurely develop them or something. I don't know. But if you don't tell them what you're thinking for them and they're aligned with that, you're going to lose them. So we tell them and help coach and develop them along that journey as best we can. And we're not perfect at this, but we put some systems in place to do it. But I think that really helps when people go, I know where this company is going and growing, and I can see how I'm a part of this picture. And that future future photograph of this big group picture of the company, I see my face in it. And that's where many companies, they show this org chart with no no one's face. It's not human. It's not. Yeah. You want to lean in and go, I can imagine myself here. You know? How many people do you currently have, Jonathan? 192 today. All right. So how far out are you painting that picture for your team? So we paint out three years. Okay. So. And that gives, that gives, that, that gives a lot of room for growth and a lot of room for people to think, well, I, this isn't something that I'm going to get there in three months or three weeks, which is what our, you know, instant culture kind of wants. Yeah, yeah the, it, there is there are mile markers along the way, yeah. which is great. So they go, I'm actually developing these skills and character traits and behaviors. Hmm. So the skills and behaviors that I'm really working on to prepare myself for this next role. Um, actually, in our in our platform that we've created, which the next um, iteration of it was actually will show the future chart or chart, if you will that people, even though they might have three people going for that same same role, they, they want that same role, they know what the skills, values, and behaviors are yeah. and the yeah. performance expectations for that role are. And yeah. it's almost like they're reaching for it. And it's kind of little, I described it to the developers. I said, it's almost like I want a little dangly rope hanging down and I want them to grab onto that rope and start climbing up. And as they climb the rope, they're mm-hmm. adding to their skills. And so then we start putting our learning management around that. Like here, you need to take these courses to learn this skill. You need to develop these behaviors. And once you make it to the top of the rope, ta-da, you're in this new role. It's kind of Donkey Kong-ish. Right? Actually, so what... Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, I, I've got a client in Boston where we have, um, I think, seven on the SLT. And, and part of their responsibility is to... Um, identify their replacement so yeah. you paint a picture down right uh, and giving clarity there i i these these uh men and women um and some of them are you know will be aging out ahead of others on the slt uh, but they proactively look internally to identify the potential leaders and then if they find a candidate they put them on a pathway yeah, 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 yeah. I was, it totally reminds me of, um, I know you're an avid military guy in uh, the We Were Soldiers. Um, in We Were Soldiers, a quote, I remember it was, a, learn the job of the man above you and train the job to the, your job to the man below you. And I was just right. like, great, love it. Right on. I get it. Like, so you're always learning the job of somebody above you, always, always discipling and training somebody else. Yeah. The next person. And, but that's, that is like community camaraderie and vision and 
it locks people in because they know there's clarity of what's next. That's right. I'm, I'm telling you, our recruiters, we train them to ask this question. Would you be open to a prospect candidate? Would you be open to exploring, not applying, exploring a career move if it was truly superior to what you're doing now? Mm. Right? That's the question. Well, you'd be stupid to say no. <laughs> you just sound stupid, don't you? So. Well, well, yeah, I'd be open to exploring it if it was truly superior. Yes, you know, great. So the next question is, what would be truly superior? That question is the key that we will like hone in on and go, okay, if the answer is yes, I have something that actually aligns with you. If the answer is no, great, give me a name of somebody else who might say yes to this right. question. Um, but that right there is the golden nugget that we have for every one of our, for us, 192 employees. I need to know the answer to that question for them. Like, would you make a career, explore a career with a spirit? I know the answer is yes for nearly all of them. Yeah. Do I know what the answer would be though? This is what truly superior would be. And do I have that, not just mentally, but have it documented and am I working to get them there as best I can? as long as it aligns with our company's vision. Hey, podcast listeners, System and Soul Coach, Bill Green here. I'd like to share an S2 tip with you today as I work with clients to help them gain clarity and control. Today's tip is designed to help you get into a strong weekly sync cadence right out of the gate. Schedule a virtual call as soon as possible after your first weekly sync meeting coming out of your Clarity Day 1 session. There'll likely be some loose ends or questions around the foundational tools. Have the S2 coach model the virtual session as an actual weekly sync meeting from the check-in through the cadence of scoreboard, objectives, and actions from day one, opportunities and obstacles will arise. Drop those items to the opportunities list and lead a DAT session to address them together. Be sure to leave time at the end to commit and conclude and rate the meeting. While the concept of a weekly sync meeting seems simple enough, executing on it, especially if great meetings haven't been your thing, can be challenging at first. Modeling the simplicity of the weekly sync early will lead to mastery. Hope this helps you and enjoy the rest of the podcast. All right. I've got a great question for you guys. What uh, I want both of you to answer this. What uh, if, if there's a, somebody's a hundred percent ready for that jump, the next move, that's like, you know, perfect case scenario. What percentage are you comfortable letting them make that jump? Hmm. Uh, aren't there lots of variables on this one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel I. Yeah, I mean, I would. We'd look. Is at, it a hundred percent? No, because I think we're always. Each of you here, when you launched what you're doing right now today, were you a hundred percent confident? You're like, well, no, I've not done this before, but I'm going to give it my best shot. And but there's also the unknown. Was it actually inspiring to you? You've not done exactly this. But that's the mark of A players. They don't, you're not going to go and pack this thing in and go and create another thing identical to it. That would be really boring to you. So I think there's a level of launching into something that's, that's new and you've not done before. Uh, one of the ways we do this is we look at three components. We say the head, the heart, the briefcase. So look at the head, which is their natural tendencies with behavior and cognitive. How do they process information? And then how do they, uh, what do they do with that information? How do they behave? That's the head component. Then the heart is all about values and motives. Why do they want this new move? 
Is it ego? Is it significance? Is it status? Is it money? Like we want to know those things as best as possible. And need, none are wrong in our mind. We just want to, let's be really honest about it. Yeah, because right, if, you're, right. if you're not being honest about this, that you want it for significance or ego or status in the company, then that is going to get really tricky because you're going to start behaving in a certain way that you're not being really real about. Right. And yeah. it gets nasty, you know, and then you start stabbing people in the back to try and make your, yeah, so that's the third of the equation, motives and values. And then the, th- the, the third component is we call it briefcase and skills there. What skills do you actually bring to the table? It sounds like, are they 100% ready with skills? Yes. Okay, so are the values and the behaviors right? Mm. That's how we would look at it. Chris? So 100%. Yeah, I was just thinking, I'm like, I'm like, is this 100% then? Is that your, I don't think so. We, we would say at least, if we're at least 80% there, we're good. Okay. 80% is our number. Yeah. That feels right to me. Like, and I'm probably more on the early side. Like I'm an eternal optimist and it bites me over and over and over where I think people are capable more than they actually are. But I, I think 80 feels like the right number, and, but it's 80 with a confidence that they can fill the gap, not 80% and they are maxed out. Right. No. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, you're going to, when you think of the, the head, the heart and the briefcase, those could be at different levels of of competency or what have you right but it's the it would be the all of it together then your job is to then train them up the rest of the way the hard one is the one which we would be the fastest to disqualify yeah yeah for sure i feel you motives and values if that doesn't line i'm like it's it's so hard to train that and you know when you start talking to somebody about ego like they call them blind spots because they're blind spot you can't see them by definition it's really hard for the person who's driving to see their blind spot other people can see them but if, if people can't see their blind spots and they're not willing to you know turn their head to the left and right and be tra- honest and humble i think uh yeah i mean I think that's that's a, that's a big one like the heart and the motivation the, the motives and motivations of the heart for sure that, that's what is really tough all right, here's 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 our third topic for the day. So as the king of stealing people away from their company, you can give us the things that we need to know to actually keep our people and retain our people. Ooh. So tell us your secrets to pull them away, which is <laughs> going to inform what we need to do to keep our people. Yeah, this is a good one. Um don't use this against us, people. Come on. No, I mean, I mean, uh, in every case where I'm you're kidding. not. Seriously, I mean, the, the reality is um, one of the metrics in hiring is time to fill, like how long it takes you from start the search to, the, to fill the seat, um, which is, it should never be used in the quality of hire equation. It's just in standalone, how long does it take you to fill the role? But um, it doesn't mean they're better at the end of the day or worse at the end of the day. It's, but time to fill is this number that people look at. And I think um, it has got about a third longer over the last 18 months. It's increased, the time of fill increased yeah. by about a third. Um, because company, one of the reasons is companies are getting better at keeping their people. They're like, oh shoot, we have to be more intentional about retention and development. Um, and I say retention, well, we say retention and development because we would put those two together. If you're not developing your people, 
you have no right to keep them. Is that the number one thing? Yeah, number one, develop your people. Invest in developing your people. Vistage, you guys are familiar with Vistage Worldwide, yeah. largest um, peer advisory CEO and president peer advisory group in the world. Um, they said in 2022, the number one focus of CEOs and executives was development of their people because of retention. And, and I 100% agree with that. Uh, if pe- and when I say development, it's like people kept being intent, your managers and leaders, you're investing in that. Like I said this the other day, the, f- the average time at age that somebody gets uh, become a manager for the first time is 26. Wow. The average age in the United States of when a ma- if somebody gets promoted or starts being a manager of people is 26. The average age when they first receive any training formally to be a manager is 42. <laughs> Something's not right. We got a big old gap here where people are floundering. And not only that, people leave their managers, not the company. Right. Statistically, they're leaving their boss or manager, not the company. So there's this thing like, well, we need to develop our people. Yes. And you also need to develop the managers who are developing those people because they don't know what they're doing either. Give some structure around it. What am I supposed to be coaching? Turning your managers into coaches, coaching them on what? You know, how do we have? I mean, all kinds of things to do. The humility to actually see somebody get promoted faster than you. We talk about that in our company a lot, leapfrogging. Like, uh, do you have the humility to allow somebody to leapfrog? Or do they always have to be at arm's length from you and you get promoted before they do? Because sometimes somebody's got the head, heart, briefcase, skills, values, behavior. Someone's just it's just bigger than you are. They're meant for a bigger pond, and we've got to make room for that and have the humility. So those are huge things. I know the big topics around there and how you create a culture where people are okay with allowing something leapfrogging them. But this piece, if you don't do it, people leave. I mean, people will leave you for this because you don't care enough to develop them. That's the number one thing. And I would say, if you don't have a system in place to document the what's next for me, for the employee to articulate that, and for you to articulate from the company side of things. Sometimes they won't line and that's the, uh, align and that's the hardest thing. When somebody mm-hmm. wants something faster than you can have it available for them. Right, yeah, uh, I've felt that. All right, so what? Um, give me some examples of what you're seeing as ways that people are developing their people that are working really well. Because develop, developing your people is like a pretty broad stroke, right? Yeah. Um, so there's uh, to dovetail on what I just said. Sometimes that people want something faster than you can provide it for them. Maybe the company growth is just not. You're planning on growing ten percent a year, and <laughs> a few years ago, I said to said to the company, I said, "How many?" And we asked everyone, "How many of you would like to be promoted this year?" Um, this is quite a few years back, and forty percent of the company want to be promoted, and I'm like, "Wow." Well, I said, just, just we'll just throw this out there, and then we need to grow 40%. I was like, I said something like that. I was like, we'll just say 40, 40% of what you've been promoted, we need to grow by 40% this year. Um, and by the end of the first quarter, it was kind of like people were like, you know, the wheels were flying off. People were like, we can't, you know, like, and I'm like, all right, okay, okay. All right, that's what it meant. So we can actually change the goals, but there's, so basically, like twenty percent said, I can't, I can't handle going to the place. I'm like, great. So we'll just promote 20 percent of you, and that's when we created kind of our big awards trip at the end of the year for the for the fastest growing people. But uh, but I think 
just making sure that it's documented somewhere how people are hoping to grow this year and what they want to grow in. And then the other component is stretch, giving them stretch of opportunities that may not equal promotion, mm. it may not be development in the same professional sense, but things that are outside of their comfort zones in a good way that they were like, oh, this is really good for me. And it may, it may be completely philanthropic. It may be something that your company does that is like not to do with the business, but it gives them an opportunity for grow as a human being. Um, I think I talked about this uh, recently, but one of the, one of the things which um, is bringing family members involved, like making it a bit more of a tie to um, what's really important to them, their family members or their world outside of the company, getting them involved in something that's growing and developing. Uh, maybe in their community, et cetera, and funding yeah. those things it can be a great stretch and development opportunity that tempers the, I want to get promoted next to I'm being developed as a human being. Yeah. Yeah. Finding that outside of their, their work, finding, filling that same void outside of their day to day. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Somebody was talking about that recently about um, helping people on their team get more in touch with their hobbies because they holistically came to work healthier and happier. And I was like, what? That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But the bucket list thing, like do your bucket list, give room for them to do, know their bucket list now uh, yeah. and to start achieving those things now. And man, people they'll come alive rather than waiting to be retired, you know, to retire until that. Oh, yeah. 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 Those days are gone. Yeah. Those days are gone. I, you know, I, I, I can't cite the source off the top of my head. A couple of things I've read recently. One was um, an article they did some research on the numbers of people that changed jobs during the the heart, you know, of the pandemic. And the research, the early data coming back said something like seventy percent regretted their decision. Wow. Of leaving, yeah, of leaving. They're seventy percent regretted leaving, um, for for a host of reasons. But but yeah. the, number, the number was pretty high. Um, and then so there's that. And then the you know when we talk about the um, development of 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 the people in the organization, you know, I think we've all heard Richard Branson say, you know, train them so well, they can leave you at a moment's notice, but treat them so nice that they never do. Well, yeah. then you, then you go and read an article on the millennial generation, because now they're getting more and more data on, on that generation. And that data is saying, man, they're probably going to stick around for three years and then they're yeah. going to move on. Yeah. And so yes, totally. my, my mindset around that if, if, if that's what the data is saying right uh the, the with people who made the the bad decision you know yeah. the grass was greener on the other side i would hope that the one of the main reasons they would go back is because of culture like they didn't they didn't fully appreciate the magnitude of their culture and for whatever reason but they got outside now they're going back i have to think it's culture and yeah. it's not, to your point it's not about I mean, money plays a role in all of this, and we all want to make it money. But I think it's more the other way. the The question I have, Jonathan, because you're in this space, you know, when you hear a stat of 
a millennial is going to change jobs every three years. Like, what does that say to you? So, so uh, one of the things we do is I, I shrink that in, in half. We got 12 to 18 months. We just, I say that openly in the company. I'm like, statistically, I got you for the next 12 to 18 months because, uh, well, Gen Z is in that 12 to 18 Millennials are in that two to three years. Yeah. So I was like, oh, oh, just let me together. So the lowest number, 12 to 18 months. So what am I going to do? What are we going to do? I should say me. What are we going to do to develop you and keep you engaged, running at high, high performance for the next 12 to 18 months? And so we just work like that. We show the picture for the next three years so that we can see that, right. show them how they're going to be developed. But what do you need in the next 12 to 18 months to feel inspired, engaged, developed, you know, and, and really laying that out. And for some people, it's not like, honestly, I, I, I'm great. I don't need anything. And I'm like, you sure? Like, okay, well, if a recruiter called you, what would the answer be? You know, um, and what would be the thing that would kind of spark your ears? Um, and so we really document those things as much mm. as we possibly can. And then we do everything in our power to, to come through on it. The other thing is, statistically, as you just mentioned, people are going to leave and people do leave us. We have a 10% employee turnover each year, some positive um, attrition. And I say positive, I mean, like they've moved on to, we would say their passion projects and we support that. We right. support you going off to do your passion project. I would rather you leave with absolute blessing and dignity than leave and not, we don't mention it, you know? So your passion project, if you were going full-time youth work, all this kind of thing. It's like really, really cool things, starting not-for-profits, and then sometimes somebody goes to a competitor or stays in our industry. And we don't think that's positive, especially this last week. We just lost one of our top performing A players um, who went within, within our industry of recruitment and hiring in the talent space, different industry or specialty that we don't actually offer, some kind of new technology. Um, and uh, he called me, called me and said, well, what should I do? We've got this opportunity. How should I process it? Doesn't report to me, and I just I walked him through what, what how I would process it. Two days later, I found out he resigned. I'm like, wow, man, I really screwed that one up. <laughs> <laughs> but in front of the whole company, you know, his manager for the whole company on our weekly call, his manager talked about him, about what a, what a great gift he'd been to our company, and then we let him speak as well. Nice. It was risky, but I said to him on our call, I said, listen, if you do leave us, um, I want you to leave with dignity. I want you to have a voice here. We'll speak highly of you. And if you leave well and you do it with a, honorably, you turn to welcome. We'd love to have you back. Um, if you leave well. That's all. And I said, let me talk to you about what leaving well looks like. You don't speak negatively. You don't sow dissension here. You don't talk about any kind of grumbling of why you're leaving to something better. Now, obviously, you leave something you believe it's better, but not in a way to try and get people to be dissatisfied with, with what they love. Right. I said, Does that make it clear? I said, don't make it harder for your manager to manage your team that you're leaving behind. Make it easier. Hmm. And I said, if you do that well, you're welcome back. If you don't do it well, you're not welcome back. So. I love how everything we always talk about, and especially today, it, it leads back to two things that are key to system and soul. One is just clarity, 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 clarity. And all these conversations, 
all the set, setting up for success, all the questions you ask, they're surfacing reality, getting to clarity, getting you on the same page with that person. Yeah. And the second thing we talk, it's a word that we don't use that much, but it's just dignity. You're, you're dignifying those people through every yeah. interaction that you're having with them. So that's why we love having you on. Kudos to you. You are a rare, great leader in in modern times modern history someday they'll write a book about you but for now we get your book coming out soon tell us about that when's it dropping oh, yeah. where can we get okay, it october 4th i think it's coming out and uh it's basically a leader's guide to getting the right people in your organization so we call it right seats right people obviously i'm not familiar with jim collins's phrase right people right seats we're not attacking that philosophy we're just coming from the angle of saying if you're a for-profit business and you are opening up a position in your company for somebody to sit in a seat, define quantifiably with clarity what success looks like in that seat. So define the seat first before you start looking at the people. Yes. Like we're a people-first organization, but every single person has a seat to sit in, and we're very clear what that seat it looks like from success. And so it's a guide to get that right person, attract the right person, onboard the right person, hire them, scorecards, everything. Um, all the way through to successfully mentoring, coaching them. Uh, we talk about the, the four C's of onboarding people and really bringing clarity around everything. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's coming out October 4th. We're excited about it. Right seat, right people, leader's guide to hiring and managing top performers. And uh, it'll be, um, dread to say, it will be the first of other books we're going to write. Got one coming out on culture as well. Let's go. Um, so, so, yeah. All right, System and Soul, Bill, if you have ever got an ounce of value from this man, which I know you have, let's go pre-order the book and help him make it a bestseller upon arrival. You can get that on Amazon. It's in the show notes. Let's go. Hoping to help you out there. Talk to you again soon. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Appreciate it. Cheers. <laughs>